Next on BYU Sports Nation, posturing for the 2019 NCAA Basketball Tournament. Are BYU's March Madness hopes better or worse with Gonzaga in the same conference? The WCC favorite Batcats play their home opener tonight at Miller Field. BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood stops by Studio B. Will Spencer and I be on the lineup card? Plus, BYU football rolls out some major position changes. And will BYU basketball earn a home game in the NIT? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live in Studio B, your day-to-day play-by-play presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, March 8th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to be with you. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who throws 46-mile-an-hour heat, Jason Shepard. Hashtag throwing the heat. Uh, Look, I like to call myself the secret weapon. We are going to have Coach Littlewood in studio in a little bit. He won't say this publicly, but he does view me that way. If it's, uh, if it's a fastball that needs to be thrown, uh, if it's a pinch hit, he knows I'm nearby. I'm just going to leave it at that. With that 46-mile-an-hour <laughs> arm, Jason. Again, I- you won't get him to say that publicly because he doesn't want to, you know, spill the <laughs> beans, so to speak. I think you deserve the title of BYU Baseball's Henry Rowan Gardner. Huh? Rookie of the Year. You remember that movie? <laughs> Uh, I do. Uh, I don't know if I ever saw it, but I do know the you movie. Have, you're a baseball. Not, you're a baseball person, Jason. Yeah, the, is this the one where like the 14 year old runs the Minnesota Twins? No, no. Yes, and I am pulling a Jason Shepard on live television right now. You haven't seen Rookie of the Year? Hey, hey I heard you guys talk about. It. I have made a conscious <laughs> effort not to do that to Jeremy anymore. No, Rookie of the Year is where the kid breaks his arm and then all of a sudden can throw 100 miles an hour. Which happens. How have you not seen <laughs> this amazing bit of American baseball yeah, culture? Because that synopsis makes it sound so intriguing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so great. Okay, during the commercial breaks, I'm going to find clips of Rookie of the Year. Which is the one where the kid takes over the Minnesota Twins? Little, little Big League. Little Big League. Okay, and that yeah. kid looks like Jerem Jordan. Every yeah, time I does. watch that movie, I'm like Jerem Jordan when he was 13. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Wally Joyner played a role in that movie, by the way, Little Big League. Did he really? Yeah, he had a line in that movie. That and what, uh, Singles Ward, right? There's your BYU tie right Mm -hmm. there, Jason. Yep. We're off to a great start. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. BYU basketball posturing for the future and the NCAA tournament. Consider this. BYU basketball climbed a mountain of sorts in Las Vegas. The Cougars beat a St. Zaga team in the West Coast Conference Tournament for the first time ever, and man, was it satisfying. Gone for St. Mary's are Jock Landale, Emmett Nahr, and Calvin Hermanson. Gonzaga brings basically everyone back. BYU also bringing everyone back, barring an unexpected transfer or roster change. So the question is, Jason, should the expectation now before BYU basketball to finish second in the West Coast Conference. Absolutely, at at the very least. And I know we'll discuss this coming up in a few minutes. Whoa, at the very least. At the very least, is Gonzaga in this conference next year? Okay, well, that changes things. Yes, but yes, 
absolutely at least second place. You mentioned the guys that are going away for the Gales. You're talking about three out of St. Mary's top four scores are gone. You mentioned Hermanson, Narr, and Jock Landale. BYU, on the other hand, is adding to a roster that comes back. You're adding possibly having Nick Emery back. Gavin Baxter coming back from his mission. You're adding that to Elijah and Yoli and Luke and TJ. All these guys come back. Absolutely. And now that we own St. Mary's. Oh, we own St. Mary. BYU owns St. <laughs> hey, Mary's who after won the last matchup. After one win. It's what have you done for me lately? <laughs> BYU owns the Gales now. Okay. That's the line I'm going with. Absolutely should be second. At least. I don't know how you could think otherwise because of what happened in Las Vegas. And you look at just the, the sheer numbers coming back in terms of production offensively. Yeah. The Gales have Jordan Ford, who was very good, really good against yeah. BYU and is only going to get better. And Tanner Krebs and some other D'Artagnan. Uh, <laughs> I know, you know who I'm yes, talking, who about. talking about. <laughs> <laughs> they got some guys that can play basketball. But I think BYU has the mental edge that they haven't had in a while, and that is, well, we beat them head-to-head when they were at their best. Mm-hmm. And it was this was maybe the best St. Mary's team ever at one point this season, right? You lose those three. Why not? And I guarantee every person in that BYU basketball locker room, coaches included, are thinking, why stop at second? Why stop at second? And the thing is, because Gonzaga's ranked number six in the country – and they bring just about everybody back. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have more on that later. But let's keep the conversation rolling with the Zags and BYU, but just put a different spin on it. Yeah, a little, little tweak to the conversation. The San Diego Union-Tribune reported once again that Gonzaga is having discussions about possibly joining the Mountain West Conference. Spencer, if Gonzaga leaves for the MWC, where does BYU have a greater chance to get an NCAA bid? Following the Zags to the Mountain West or staying in the West Coast Conference? If this conversation is solely based on next season, it's remaining in the West Coast Conference. BYU would be the class of the WCC. Didn't we just discuss that they would finish second behind Gonzaga? No doubt about it, yes. right? Did we not just have yes. that conversation? If Gonzaga's not there then BYU's in prime position to win the regular season and win the Gonzaga Invitational in Las Vegas. So it would be remaining in the West Coast Conference. I don't know if that lasts past 2019. I would like to believe that that would be the case. And maybe BYU takes the St. Mary's route. The, the path of least possible resistance. You mean right? where they don't schedule anyone? <laughs> Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> Hashtag Bennett blowby. Okay. <laughs> and he's quick. <laughs> I think that BYU next season and the season after that would have the auto bid winning the West Coast Conference. They'd win a bunch of games by remaining in the, in the WCC. But for... I don't, the fans, the fans will say, go back to the Mountain West because UNLV, San Diego State, Gonzaga, you know, they want to be challenged, and the RPI will be better. You look at the RPIs of the conferences this year, I'm not sure that the Mountain West Conference is better than the West Coast Conference. In fact, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. 
can anybody tell me otherwise why the Mountain West Conference this year would be better than the West Coast Conference from top to bottom in terms of overall basketball product? No, it's right now BYU has a better chance to get into the NCAA tournament if they remain in the West Coast Conference when Gonzaga leaves or if Gonzaga leaves. Yes, with the auto bid for the WCC, they're potentially up for grabs if Gonzaga were to leave. That absolutely would be the the place where they would have the best chance right away. BYU becomes the big dog in the conference absolutely. once Gonzaga or if Gonzaga leaves. And because they own St. Mary's. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I mean between the two, <laughs> if <laughs> if the the best team, you know, that has dominated everybody and wins the NCAA tournament bid every year goes to another conference, do you following or are you staying away and dominating like they did in the WCC? The thing is, it's not just about getting to the it's, NCAA it's not. tournament. No, it's not. It's You're right. way bigger than that. Politics play into it, absolutely. Okay, Jason, BYU right now is projected as a sixth seed in the NIT, according to our good friends at NYC Buckets in a first-round matchup at Boise State, the three seed. The winner would take on either Indiana or Utah. Now, I know that it is all speculation. The NIT, you can't really predict just because you can't. Okay, we don't know who's going to get into the NCAA right. tournament yet. However, has BYU done enough in your mind to earn the right to host an NIT game and avoid playing on the road in the opening round? In my mind, yes, they have. And I think this is another instance where the win over St. Mary's plays a huge role. Now, you know, whether you believed that they would host prior to, I think especially after the performance in that semifinal game against the Gales, I do believe that is more than enough to show the NIT that BYU deserves to host an NIT game. And beyond that, what does the NIT want? They want to sell tickets. They want to bring eyes to the NIT. You're going to sell a lot of tickets if BYU is the one hosting a game. I'm just going to say this right now. BYU will host an NIT game. It's going to happen because of what you just brought up. BYU puts people in seats. They sell tickets. Also, the Cougars were a three seed in last year's NIT, going in with a record of 22-11. and 11. Remind me how many games BYU has won this year? Uh, that would be 24. Including a win against... 20th-ranked St. Mary's most recently before a loss to Gonzaga in the WCC Tournament Final. BYU is going to host an NIT game. They have better numbers. The metrics are about the same in terms of RPI and Sagarin and Kempom. A little bit better in some and uh, a little bit worse in others, but they have a better record overall, and they showed something they didn't in the West Coast Conference Tournament last year, and they still got a three seed. So BYU's, BYU's going to get a home game. NYC Buckets can put them at a six seed. The Cougars, now that I think about it more, I'll be shocked mm. if they don't have a home game. Definitive. I like it. Let's switch gears a little bit. BYU football, as we found out yesterday after day two of spring practices, has been using three tight ends in some of their formations with Matt Bushman, uh, Marone Laulupututau, and Joe Tukawafu. Mm. Head coach Kalani Satake says that this package has been difficult to defend. They're so big and long, you know, that if you try to match uh, safety on Matt Bushman, he'll probably go up and catch a ball on you, and then he can block them better. So 
if we go heavy, they, they've done a lot of different things with different personnel groups, and uh, it's, it's been a struggle for, for our defensive guys to match up. Spencer Linton, do you like the idea of BYU running a three tight end package on offense? Uh, yes. The whole point is to put the best players on the field that give you the competitive advantage. If three of your best players are all tight ends, why not develop a formation where all three can be on the field? You can overpower people. Oh, by the way, linebackers are going to have to worry about them holding a block and then running down the field for a potential big pass play. I 100% love this. And I would question the coaches if they didn't try and get three of their best athletes on the field at the same time and at least have two of them in the package right. most of the time, yeah. right? Well, see, that's what's interesting to me. And, and we've heard the coaches talk about this last year. Ty Detmer talked about this several times, that early in fall camp, until injuries crept into the situation, this was the plan to try and do last year, at least with two. Because they liked having the size, whether it was MLP and Matt Bushman, others, they liked having that because they thought it was a mismatch in their favor. So I agree with you 100%. I love the fact that you're going to put your playmakers in a position to do just that. And it is a matchup nightmare for the opposition because of the sheer size of all three of them. However, it was Matt Bushman that says... Even though they're putting us out there, we still have to do our job. Otherwise, we may not see it again. Oh, he can't just go out there and things will work out? Yeah. Imagine There's that. There's pressure for us to do the right thing, not to mess up, because if we're messing up, they're just going to take one of the tight ends out, and that's, it's not going to be fun. Everybody wants to have fun. <laughs> that means doing your job and winning football Winning games. is fun. Winning is really fun. Okay, let's stay with spring football. We are beginning to see familiar names and faces, but in different positions. One of those moves, Zane Anderson, who was the Zane train at safety, now playing flash linebacker. Defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki on why Zane is playing linebacker in the spring. The biggest thing for us with moving Zane is just replacing a guy like Fred that can cover um, as well as it can come down and be physical in the box. And so Zane, Zane fits that criteria. He can still play safety for us if we want to and, and uh, you know, but uh, right now, it's really just about finding that flashbacker that can play there. Ah, uh, yes. Fred Warner's departure leaves some enormous shoes to fill. But if you bring in a guy who can cover well, which Fred did, and is why he is a projected NFL draft pick, go with Zane Anderson. He's shown it, right? And BYU has depth at the safety position. That has not been something that the Cougars have lacked in. So if you have the personnel to do it in spring... Bump him up, see what he can do. If you like him there, then you have another option. Yeah, I, there, there are a lot of other changes going on. We mentioned Sione Takitaki to linebacker, Dion Gonwoloku, Troy Warner playing safety, and head coach Kalani Satake says reps for the younger players are big. It's a big reason behind moving these guys around. We have to create reps uh, in different places, and for guys that we already know that are veterans in certain spots, um, you know, it's easy for us to just get move them and try to see if, if we can – uh, and improve our talent on the field if, if they play a different position. So uh, we've done that and made some moves specifically on defense. Once again, get the best people yep. on the field. The question after all of that is, which position change are you most excited about for BYU football? For me, it's Sione Takitaki moving to linebacker. Number one, I like to say Takitaki. Number two, this guy is a playmaker. We saw how much havoc 
he causes when he was on the defensive line. Wherever the coaches put him, he made plays. And I love the the possibility of him being a linebacker and not just playing back, but moving up near the near the line. I mean, he he can be everything that they want him to be. That he can move up, still play somewhat of a defensive lineman, play back at linebacker. This guy just makes plays, and it goes to what you were talking about. You just want your best players on the field, and then you figure it out from there. I like Taki Taki in the role of a pass rusher as a linebacker. At just more of a natural position for him. Not saying he wouldn't be a capable defensive lineman because he showed flashes yep. of that last year. Certainly. I just think his natural position is as a linebacker. Let the dude fly around and make some plays. So, yes, I'm with you. That's number one most exciting for me. My sleeper pick, however, is Troy Warner at safety. Mm. He's long. He's comfortable there. And he is a ball hawk. He reminds me a little bit of Kainakua with his nose for the football as a safety. If you watch what he did in high school and you've watched him float around in times at practice in that safety nickel position, we, we could see uh, some similarities to one Kainakua. I really like Troy Warner as a safety. Is Kainakua in the NFL? Uh, yes, he is. All right, football out, basketball back in for our question of the day. Where will BYU Hoops finish in the West Coast Conference next year and why? At Nick Lee 51, hard to say. BYU has been decimated by players transferring. If BYU can actually retain all of their contributors from this year, they will be second and squarely on the NCAA bubble. If players leave, much of the same. But what about if players come back? Shout out to Nick Emery. Yeah. Does that change how you feel about BYU basketball? And what if Gonzaga's not in the league? (laughs) Coming up, Mike Littlewood and BYU baseball open up the home season tonight. More on the expectations for BYU basketball as well. Second place? I think most of you think that. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Baseball hosts Nebraska-Omaha tonight in the home opener at Miller Park. You can listen to the game at 7 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Can you name their mascot without looking? Is it Peyton Manning yelling Omaha? (laughs) (laughs) No, it is not. I'm going to make you look it up now for that. I was actually on their site yesterday, and for the life of me, I cannot remember. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUSN. Where will BYU basketball finish in the West Coast Conference next season? Why? At USU Coog 11. This is the first time in several years BYU isn't losing a major contributor, barring a transfer. I think BYU finishes second and splits the series with Gonzaga, that being of two games in the regular season. Some of you are saying, well, what if Gonzaga is not in the West Coast Conference? And I know that's all floating around out there because of the articles from the San Diego Union-Tribune. If that is to happen, it's got to be fast, Jason, because you need time to make the transition. Like, if Gonzaga is going to move to the Mountain West Conference, that has to be determined probably by the middle of April. So, like, in one month. Are they that far along? Yeah, and that's what we don't know. That's what we don't know. I mean, some of these articles talk about a decision could be made to invite Gonzaga this this week. If that's the case, if that's legit, 
then they've got to be pretty far down that road. But yeah, so much hinges on that. But what, what doesn't change is, is the original question. At least second for BYU next year. That absolutely should be the expectations. I don't think that is unrealistic at all. BYU, and, and it, you know, the, at USU Cougar 11 talked about barring a transfer. This should be an offseason of additions. We mentioned Nick Emery. We mentioned Gavin Baxter coming back from, from his mission. You know, you've, you've got your core should all be back. Yoli, Elijah, TJ, Luke, Dalton, all these guys, Peyton, all of them should be back. And then you add to that a team that right now has 24 wins. Absolutely, this team should be at minimum second place. Dave Rose has, as we have documented on this show, the most unique and in some ways most difficult head coaching job in all of college basketball because of all of the moving parts he has to manage, whether it be missionaries, transfers, throwing the honor code. Like, there are so many things happening within BYU basketball that have to be managed constantly. I don't know how he does it, and he continually wins games. So maybe that's what is most impressive about what he does is he has to handle all that. Now, the trend is BYU has typically had a transfer. They already had one this year, Kajon Brown. Yep. Okay, will there be another one? At this point, nothing is guaranteed. No, 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 nothing's guaranteed. I, I am now almost expecting that some more of that will happen because of the influx of missionaries and how many scholarships are going to be available. And if a scholarship's not available for everyone that was supposed to have one, then does that push somebody else out? I don't know. I don't know. But typically that has been the trend. So if BYU can keep everyone, one, that'll be shocking. And two, man, it lines them up for something really good next season. Right? Will Gonzaga be in the West Coast Conference? I don't know. But if they're not, then BYU is hands down the heavy favorite to win the league and be – the new top dog in a Gonzagalus West Coast Conference. Does that not sound appealing? It absolutely sounds appealing. Because I feel like the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of BYU fans is, yes, let's play New Mexico and UNLV and Gonzaga in the Mountain West Conference. Let's go back to our digs. There's a lot of good memories in the Mountain West Conference for BYU. It was the golden age before they left, right? Right. The Jimmer years. Hey, BYU won regular season championships. They won... Uh, they won a lot of games in that league. Would that be the same if Gonzaga were there? Listen, why would Gonzaga be any different in the Mountain West Conference than in the West Coast Conference? I just, I just don't get it, people. They're Kansas. Would Kansas win the Mountain West Conference? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes, they would. So why all of a sudden is that such a better opportunity and situation for BYU? If Gonzaga's going to win the league there, too. And they're playing the conference tournament where, Jason? In Las Vegas. Do you think that the 8,000 Gonzaga fans that are currently coming to the Orleans just go Arena, to a different arena are going to go to another <laughs> arena? Uh, yeah. yeah. They've already blocked out the week for the vacation. So, yeah, it's not going to matter where they play. I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I know that people like different, and different can sometimes be good and refresh things. But it's not automatically a better option when the end game is get back to the NCAA tournament, retain access and exposure for your school, and win games. Because guess what? If BYU stays in the West Coast Conference without a Gonzaga, and I know this is all hypothetical, they're the team to beat. They win a lot of games. And the West Coast Conference 
has been outstanding with access and exposure. And they have a contract with ESPN. And every game that's not on ESPN, typically BYU TV picks up. <laughs> like, it's a good situation for BYU, whether or not Gonzaga stays in the league or not, because then you become the favorite. Like, you want to follow Gonzaga to the Mountain West? Great. Don't expect a different result. The Zags are in their golden era, man. They're ranked in the top 10, yes. seemingly year in and year out now. They're coming off a national championship performance. Everybody, they could be a Final Four team this they year. They might be. They have as good a chance as anybody that I've seen in college basketball to get to the Final Four. The way they're playing right now, like, would you be surprised to no, see them in the Final Four? No, of course not. Absolutely not. I don't think anybody And they've would. gotten better ever since the win in Moraga. This team, speaking of Gonzaga, has gotten better and better and better. And you talk about peaking at the right time. That is exactly that what they're doing. That was the turning point. I saw one national writer call that game an incubator for Gonzaga's yeah. success. Okay? That's not going to change in the near future. Rui Hachimura, Killian Tilly, they just Josh reload. Perkins, they reload. Zach Norvell, they're all coming back. Yep. I know they lose Jonathan Williams, and he's a good player, but he's only one. He's only one piece of that team that has six at some point this season had six guys scoring in double figures like they will dominate the mountain west conference so was that all of a sudden better for byu the level of basketball this year has been very similar in terms of rpi and metrics and i i just i don't see like this clear-cut answer that i'm getting from a lot of byu i don't know trips to laramie sound pretty enticing Question of the day, where will BYU finish in the WCC next year and why? Uh, at Twiggier Stone says, second, I think St. Mary's will have to rebuild a bit. Gonzaga will always be there. Hopefully BYU can figure out how to beat the Zags in the tourney. Coming up. Do we really think Gonzaga is going to leave? I don't know. It'll be interesting. There's baseball today. I don't know if you know that. Baseball in Provo. Ah, yes. And speaking of that, we go between the lines with Lauren McLean, a baseball edition. Women's Gymnastics faces Penn State, Texas Women's University, and Utah State tomorrow night at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can watch the meet at 9 Eastern on BYU TV. I need to check the daily rankings, but earlier this week, gymnastics in at number 16. Yes. Highest ranking in over a decade. I believe your your tweet uh, was right on the money. Moving on up. Uh, yeah. Yep. Good for the ladies. Welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, nationally simulcast on BYU TV. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. If you ever miss anything, download the podcast. And if you missed the headlines from our earlier discussion, well, let's go ahead and do that right now. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. BYU Spring Football through day two as of yesterday. The coaches discussed players making position switches notably zane anderson from safety to linebacker and sione takitaki from defensive line to linebacker don't know if that's just a spring thing or an experimental process but the prospects of new guys in new places is exciting jimmer fredette had 36 points 10 rebounds and six assists in a loss to the beijing ducks that series sits 1-1 the winner of the next game will advance in the playoffs let's go the U.S. Basketball Writers Association announces that Yoli Childs has been named to the U.S. BWA All-District 8 team. BYU represented on the U.S. BWA All-District teams in all but one season since 2003 and four. 
BYU baseball plays its home opener today at 7 p.m. Eastern time versus Nebraska Omaha. Jordan Wood will get the start for the Cougars. You can listen to the game on BYU Radio. Figured out the mascot yet, Jason? I have not looked it up. But again, <laughs> it's not Peyton Manning yelling Omaha. It we're, is, we're guaranteed it for is sure. not that. All right, I'm doing it right. I, again, I was on their site yesterday. I'm doing it right now. Today, as Jason just mentioned, marks the first day BYU baseball will officially debut their new state-of-the-art field. And today is where we learn a little bit more about the individuals who make up this team. Let's go between the lines with Lauren McLean. BYU Sports Nation presents Between the Lines. You good? One more time. Can you hear me? What? <laughs> go for it. Oh, man. I don't get that on tape. Don't cheat. That's it. Slider. Stealer? Sli- slider. Psyker? Slider. Slider. Yes. Oh, boy. Mike Littlewood. Mike Littlewood. Mike Littlewood. <laughs> Ground ball. Ground ball. Yeah, there you go. That was pretty good. Well, our old field had some bad hops, so this new field's pretty sweet. Playing short on this field, it's all turf, so I don't get any bad hops. All right, ready? I'm ready. Bump, set, spike. Bump, dance, party. Bump, set, spike. Bump, set, spike. United Kingdom. What? United Kingdom. United country. United kingdom. United. United? Kingdom. Kingdom. United kingdom. Yeah. Served my mission in London, the England-London mission. I don't really know what to say, to be honest, but uh, honestly, I don't know what to say. (laughs) Mustache. Mustache. You're looking at one right now. Mustache. So, we did something weird with mustaches. I think it was two years ago, I think. One day, that my grandparents showed up with, like, mustache shirts, and I was like, I don't even know where they got them, but it, it was pretty funny. Country music. Country. County? Country. Country. Again. Country. Country? Music. Music. Yes! Country music. Yeah, boy! <laughs> what I like. Yes, I like country music. Country or rap? Least athletic. <laughs> Least athletic. Athlete? No. Uh, no. Shoot, I don't know. Least athletic. Least athletic? <laughs> what the heck? I had to switch it so- up. I had to switch it up. Oh, most athletic. <laughs> my senior year in high school, I was voted most athletic by my senior class. I guess that was when I peaked. Sandy Koufax. Santa's elf? <laughs> Sandy Koufax. Santa? Sandy. Santa? Sandy. Sandra. Sandy Koufax. Sandy. Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax. Yes. Yes. Swaggin. Swag? <laughs> Swaggin. Sweat. Swaggin. Swaggy? Swaggy. Swaggy Keaton? <laughs> Swag. Swag? 
swagging. Swagging? <laughs> I said it already. <laughs> A different edit. Swagging? Yeah! <laughs> Keaton swagging Kringlin. I don't know. My, he calls uh, himself that. <laughs> Self-proclaimed nickname. <laughs> Stuck with me. Swagging? Swaggy? Swag? Swag? I said swag like 10 times. Yeah, he said swaggy. I was like, you, you. Do you know how hard it is to wear headphones and try and lip read? I am always, every time I watch those, I am always wondering what the music is they're listening to. Like, what is the, what's in their ears that's keeping them? Sa Sandy? Yep. Sandra? We need, we need to ask Lauren McClendon about that. Between the Lions, we'll be back next Tuesday at the regular time. We're starting our Mayhem in March tournament. <laughs> That's right. Selection Tuesday, and the bracket will be revealed. Which athletes will compete and who will be paired up in the first round? Oh, by the way, it's a ping pong tournament Ooh. with BYU athletes. <laughs> Follow Between the Lines on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL using hashtag BYUBTL. That was really fun. That was, that was a blast. Again, I, I'm curious as to what they're listening to. Well, you're partial to baseball, so you really thought that was good. I really thought that was good. That was, <laughs> that was not bad at all. I enjoyed that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where will BYU hoops finish in the WCC next year and why? Baseball won the conference last year. Did you know that? Uh, I, I did know that. Are you aware of that? I am aware of that. Okay. Uh, do you know where they're picked uh, this year? Uh, I do know that as well. Then where yeah, would that be? Yeah, they're picked to finish first. Hmm. You know how much Coach Littlewood cares about that preseason designation? Zero. That's a good answer. Z that is a good row. answer. Coming up, another top 15 matchup for BYU Volleyball tonight in the Islands. More on that coming up in the whip. And it's game day for BYU Baseball. Mike Littlewood joins us in studio to preview the series with Nebraska-Omaha. What's their mascot, Jason? Mavericks. Very well yeah. done. Not Peyton Manning yelling Omaha. Between the Lines is brought to you by Tim Daly Nissan. Think Nissan. Think Tim Daly Southtown. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball hosts the Nebraska Omaha Mavericks yeah. tonight in the home opener at the Miller expert. Park. You're the expert now in so many things. Listen to the game at 7 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day -day BYU sports play-by-play. -play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day centering on BYU basketball. Where will BYU hoops finish in the West Coast Conference next season and why at Racing Coog tweets in third as always. Sorry, 2.8 losses per year to non-St. Zaga. Will that change next year with what, what, everybody coming back? Why, why do you got to bring us down at Racing Coog? Come on. We're feeling good. And then you got to bring up 2.8. <laughs> and I've always said that .8 loss is the worst of them all. Well, that number has jumped up a little bit now, right? <laughs> yeah. It's jumped up a little bit. But... That doesn't mean that next year with everything BYU brings back in year two of the new concepts and schemes can't turn that around. That's the beauty of it. Oh, it's a beauty. Joining us now in Studio B, the head coach of BYU Baseball. It is the first home game day for the Batcats, Mike Littlewood. Coach, great to have you back in studio. Oh, I'd rather be nowhere else than with you guys. 
I'm having awesome. a, a funny flashback. I don't know if you remember this, but early on in the show's history, we broke that microphone right before you were supposed to come on and do an interview. And we had one of our production assistants <laughs> yeah. holding the microphone yeah. up for you. Yeah. It's shaking so bad. And you had to stay focused and... Uh, yeah. I was focused. I was focused. Not like today where I'm like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is not a batting. And then what is this? The cross glove. I mean, and those so. are grips from I, I, gymnastics. This looks like something Tuckett Slade, our director of operations, would wear when he lifts. This is, <laughs> this is him. He puts these on and nobody knows why. Oh, he's going to love like, this interview. He's, he's like, where are my wristbands? <laughs> Tuckett Slade, the, the bear hunter. So anyway, yeah, oh, as far as stay, staying focused. <laughs> that's really funny. So now you have started the year at uh, scenic locations such as California, Hawaii, and Alabama. Will you rank those in order of the greatest vacation destinations? Um, well, Hawaii would be number one, but it's funny. And, and Cal State Northridge, interestingly enough, we're taking batting practice the very first day, and we see three – three helicopters, police helicopters going around campus. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, it's on lockdown. Campus is on lockdown. There's <laughs> some guy driving a golf cart with a gun. So it, and <laughs> it, it ended up being a prank, but they shut down. We kept throwing BP. I was throwing BP and Tuckett came up and like, talk about not hey, getting distracted. Yeah. We got work so to I would, do. I would throw that last. <laughs> and I'd like to forget the, uh, the Auburn trip just because we got boat race that one game played pretty well. The other two, but, um, Tough three weeks for us. I like where our team is. We're playing well, but um, tough three weeks of travel. Depending on which ranking you look at, Auburn is anywhere from now number 14 to number 20. They were 18th when you played them in the in the poll that BYU recognizes. What did you learn in that series about your team? Uh, having to go on the road and play against a team that hadn't lost a baseball game and still hasn't lost yeah, a baseball game. Yeah, still, still, they came from behind to beat UAB last night. But, uh, I mean, they're a really good team, and they're playing really well right now. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder early in the season. They're playing like Cal State Fullerton and Stanford played in the regionals last year against us. Um, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll kind of mellow out a little bit and settle in, but right now they can't be beat. They're just one through nine. They're, they're strong lineup-wise, and the three pitchers we saw, two of them will be in the big leagues, no doubt. Casey Mize could be in the big leagues in September this year. He's, he's legit. 94-97, uh, throws three pitches for strikes, sometimes four. And <laughs> I was just keeping my fingers crossed we could put a ball in play that game. And <laughs> Brennan Anderson finally did in the fifth. But that, you know, we lost 4-3. I was proud of our guys. We we chased him in the fifth. He got a little bit tired. Um, and I was proud of our hitters just persevering, not getting too – I mean, it's easy, easy at this level to, to get discouraged, put your tail between your legs and, and run away. But we didn't. We kept, we kept fighting, kept coming back, and uh, need, need some, some better pitching performances. But um, we'll get it. You know, we'll be there. Speaking of the pitching, this team has a lot of young, talented players to mix in with you know, the, the vets that are back. And a lot of that is in the pitching. How do you think the, the young guys specifically have handled the workload so far? Well, the, I guess the bright spot for us has been Drew Zimmerman. If you're talking young guys, I mean, he's, he's been a guy we put in there Auburn twice, and he, he came and did a great job. He's been sitting, sitting around night. He's from Lehigh High School. Played short and pitched in high school, and his, his velocity was upper 80s, and his arm was sore once in a while. And now that he's just a pitcher, I mean, he goes out there and just competes his, his tail off and throws a little cutter at, at uh, 83, 84, and, which is a pretty tough pitch to hit. Um, he just, he's just a competitor, so I really, really like that. But we, we've got other guys who are more depth this year. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the I guess dis, on the disappointing side, we we got a couple guys that um, Kendall Motes and Bo Burrup need to need to step it up just a little bit. And if hitters can have slump, I think pitchers can have slumps as well. But we need Bo to step up, and we need Kenny Signs to step up, and our our guys that we're counting on. We need those guys to be guys for us this year. No question you ramped up the challenge early in the season and in non-conference play. You have some one-offs with some really good teams coming up later in the season, we too. Do. Notably, Stanford and Cal and Arizona. So you're going to test yourself against uh, some of the best in the Pac-12. It's always a kind of a, you know, it's a delicate process as you try and, and create a schedule because you, you want to challenge yourselves, but you don't want to yeah. Overwhelm your team and, and make yeah. them lose their confidence. How do you how do you balance that? Because you have to do all the scheduling. Yeah, Coach Pratt does our scheduling, and we just we kind of work on that together. He'll bring me different, and you can't schedule yourself out of a job. I mean, for me, I would love to go play LSU and Auburn and Florida State back to back to back. I would love that as just for the experience of, of the of the team. But you don't want to come out of that, you know, one and seven, and and then lose all confidence in yourself. So there's a fine line there. There's also a fine line of trying to build an RPI and win some games and, and, and also play competitive teams. So scheduling is not, a, not as easy as, hey, you want to play this day? You, know, you have to put some stuff, you have to put some thought into it. And I think Trent does an incredible job putting our schedule together. And, um, you know, hopefully with this field, we can, we can maybe even play last week. You know, that, that's, we want to play maybe, definitely we're at a disadvantage. I'm not saying like regionally or, or whatever, to get to a regional, we're at a disadvantage. That's an excuse. But the, playing the first three or four weeks on the road, it's a tough thing to do. I mean, we were gone 10 days, and I thought we did a great job. We beat Northridge, who I don't think they've lost since. Maybe they've lost one game since we played them. They've got a good record, good team. We beat them three out of four on their home field. And then go to Hawaii, which is tough. I, I think I remember beating Hawaii one time when I was at BYU. Wow. And that was in the WAC championships my senior year. We may have beat them, but I just don't remember. They're a tough place to, tough place to, to win. And we split there. So I like how our team's playing, and... Um, I think we're regrouped now and, and ready to go tonight. You've got Nebraska-Omaha tonight. We, we'll get into that in just a second. But w- hypothetically speaking, if you're filling out the lineup card for tonight, where would you put Spencer and I oh, in the lineup? Oh, don't do this, Jason. I'm just curious. Yeah, you, you, might, make it onto the, you might make it onto the bottom of the lineup card. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you swing. Um, we'd probably try to get you an emergency lesson with Coach Pratt, a hitting lesson, teach you how to bunt. But yeah. uh, <laughs> You'd, you'd be you'd be near the bottom, to be honest with you. <laughs> At least he's being honest. You know, I don't need no any fault, false no sense false of security. Yeah. Yes. I pointed this out uh, on the radio earlier with Matt Townsend before we went on the live uh, on air live here. I was the number one pick in the Clinton City Little League baseball draft as a sixth grader, Mike. Really? Okay? Now was that a blind draw, or is that just <laughs> is that picking out of a hat? No, no. no you were you legit. Pr- you go out, you throw, you run, you hit. Oh, for the nice. Coaches. And they draft you. Well, I haven't seen you take BP, so you might you might be on the you might be on the alternates. But I know Shep would be down below. Now, if it comes to like bicep curls, he might oh, move it. He yeah, might he, move in a lot. Yeah, he got me there. Thank you. Yeah. This forty-six mile an hour fastball is uh, curls for days. Yeah, true. Peter, and I know you call me the secret weapon. Don't try and deny it on air. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. Don't want to show our cards too okay. quick. Oh. Let's let's take the spotlight out for ourselves. This is painful. This is painful. Coach, through 11 games, and I know you're coming off of a sweep, but, man, so much about baseball is getting right mentally for the next yeah. game. And this is going to be the first significant challenge that your guys have had because, like, oh, you, you lost three straight. Where do you find them mentally right now? Well, if you, if you revert back to last season when we lost three straight to Gonzaga, which hurt much more than the losses to, to Auburn did. I mean, 
just simply because of what was at stake last year at Gonzaga. We win one game, we win it outright, you know. And then then we have to regroup before going into the conference tournament. That was that was difficult. Um, but what I like about our team is they're they're a mature team. They're they're a bunch of older guys. Uh, they're surrounded by some some younger guys and who have filtered in. Mitch McIntyre in center field is going to start in center for us tonight. He's been starting. I feel like we need to run Mitch out there a little bit and let him let him sink or swim because he's, he's a fantastic outfielder. Plays the game hard, but um, men- mentally our team's going to be fine. That's the one thing. And you know Ryan Brady might be out for the year with a, with a little bit of an arm issue. He was going to be a starting pitcher, and Riley Gates is out for the year with a shoulder issue, our closer. And so we had a talk yesterday. Hey, we, we need to rally around these guys. They're still part of the team. We can't think woe is me. We, we got, we've got 50 games still to play. We need to get after this thing. And so hopefully they'll come up with that mentality and, and uh, maybe have a little bit of chip on their shoulder just to, to try to prove something after, after Auburn last week. What can you tell us about the Mavericks? And then on top of that, you, you finally get an opportunity to showcase this unbelievable new field. What, what, what's your emotions going into that tonight? Well, I mean, the field's secondary now. We just need to play as good as the field looks. <laughs> you know, we'll try to – and if, if people haven't seen the outfield fence now, it's incredible. I mean, the, the padding on the outfield fence really, really finished off the field. Uh, Omaha's going to be good. They've played a, a lot of good teams, and they've – their record, I think, is four and seven, but we won't see power arms like we did last year. It's a little bit different pitching staff. They'll, they'll nibble. They'll try to work on the outside part of the plate. They'll try to expand the plate and try to, try to get you to put balls in play that you don't really want to swing at that kind of look um, a little tempting. So they're looking for soft contact. They'll try to bunt guys over from first to second early in the game. They're looking to be aggressive. They don't have a bunch of power guys, but they have a bunch of guys who are going to execute. And so they're a good, solid team. They've been in every single game they played by two or three runs. And so you've almost got to expect the same thing here. So it's going to be – we have to go play. I mean, there's no college team that you, don't, you can just walk on the field in baseball, just because that pitcher's – they'll throw a guy in on Saturday that threw a no-hitter last week. Wow. And so yeah, they're a good team. You just can't – there's not a team that where you just go, oh, well, three wins, chalk it up. It doesn't happen in baseball. Your RPI is at lucky number seven right now, Coach. So take that for whatever it means. Yeah, which means zero. So <laughs> <laughs> in my mind, zero means zero because I haven't even looked at that. So now after our very last series, wherever we play that last series, that's, that, that'll matter a little bit. And then so, it matter. Okay. Yeah, hopefully. If we can keep it in single digits, I'd be a happy person. All uh, right. All right. Well, we'll give that uh, RPI number on March 8th uh, the same uh, import or value of importance as the West Coast Conference preseason championship. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Coach. Best of luck tonight. Some BYU Sports Nation karma to you and your boys. Go I'll get it done it. against I'll the Mavericks. Thanks, guys. All right. It's back. Baseball. It is back at in Provo. I'm excited. You're not on the lineup card. Hey, he said I would be near the bottom. That's not that I'm not on it. Yes, Bat Boy. <laughs> Great. Awesome. Coming up, spring football moves, an award for a Cougar hoopster, and more. That's all coming up in the whip. Plus, responses to the question of the day. BYU basketball finishing second in the West Coast Conference. Maybe higher, maybe lower. What do you think? Stay with us. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to BYU baseball coach and today's guest, Mike Littlewood. It is the home opener for the Batcats today against Nebraska Omaha. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Coming up on a Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation, the one and only Greg Rubel will join us. In the meantime, let's whip it. 
It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Spring football wrapped up day two of practices yesterday. The coaches discussed some players making positional changes. Some of those include Zane Anderson and Sione Takitaki, who are now both playing linebacker. Jimmer had 36 points, 10 rebounds, and six assists, and a loss to the Beijing Ducks. Playoff series sits one game apiece. The winner of the next contest advancing to the second round. Men's basketball. The U.S. Basketball Riders Association announces that Yoli Childs has been named to the All-District 8 team. BYU has been represented on the USBWA All-District teams in all but one season since 2003-2004. Baseball. Plays a home opener today at 7 Eastern 5 Mountain against Nebraska-Omaha. Jordan Wood will get the start for the Cougars. Listen to the game live on BYU Radio. Volleyball. Fourth-ranked men's volleyball taking on number 11 Penn State tonight in Hawaii. That will get underway at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Softball. Beat Longwood 2-1 but lost to James Madison 10-2 in the first day of the Outrigger Resorts Hawaii Spring Fling Tournament. Cougars take on Hawaii tonight at 11.30 Eastern. Lacrosse. BYU lacrosse defeats Texas A&M 15-10. Winning today's Rise and Shout. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today, Jason? Should we give it to BYU baseball? Home opener. Yes. For everything that they have endured, they now have an amazing field that is heated. They are riding. I mean, they lost to Auburn three games. This program's in a different place. And credit to Mike Littlewood. It's a really that, good team. Entire staff. It's a fun team, too. It's a fun team. I'm looking forward to our first BYU TV game coming up on Saturday. Where will BYU basketball finish in the West Coast Conference next season and why? Our elite tweet of the day from at Kiwi Jackman. First place, baby! Mm-hmm. Mark Few will find he's a few short. You get that, Mark Few? I got it. I like it. And Randy Bennett will find the pride cycle coming around for him. Hashtag <laughs> shake the man's hand. <laughs> The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jason, I am Spencer. Shout out to Corey Snyder. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern. Game day for the Batcats. The mission.